You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, welcome everybody back to another edition of Chairgating. I'm your host, Rattlesnake, coming at you live from Austin, Texas. This is your NASCAR podcast for Belly Up Sports. And this week I have one of the, can I say one of the best Belly Up contributors? What do you sure, I, I would agree with that, yeah. Okay, uh, we got Zach. He is, he's been around for a while over here at Belly Up Sports. And he is our hockey guy. He is the host of, or I guess I should say co-host, right? Yes, 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 yes. Of uh, Puck Puck Pass. Do you want to give a shout out to your podcast? Yeah, sure. So uh, Puck Puck Pass, we started at the beginning of uh, last NHL season. It's with KJ. He's my co-host. Um, we do it every week. We took the off season off uh, this summer, which I know is kind of the hot spot for uh, racing. But uh yeah, we've we've been off a little bit, but we're starting back up. We did one last week. We got another one today. Awesome. Yeah, and I'm gonna be coming on your podcast at some point. Yep. So you can educate me a little bit on hockey because I need to know before I come on to your podcast. So I don't <laughs> just sound like a, a jabroni. Is that like a I'm gonna sound on this term? one? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jabroni. That's like a hockey term. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. So this episode it's gonna be a short episode because there was no race last weekend. So we don't have much racing to talk about, but instead, I just wanted Zach on here, one, to you know, promo his podcast, and he can educate me a little bit on hockey, and I'm going to convert him to become a NASCAR fan by the end of this podcast. So we have about a little less than an hour left before your show starts, so it's going to be, uh, it's going to have to be quick for me to completely convert you. To NASCAR, so let's. See We've done one of these kind of things before. Do you remember? I was on here almost a year ago, and we argued Big Ten SEC. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember that because we were talking college football. Um, <laughs> and I, I want to get on to. We don't really have a college football podcast for Belly Up Sports anymore. No, you're right. We don't. No. Yeah, because I was I was talking to Mike about that, and I was like, "Hey, what's our college football podcast?" Because I want to get on. I want to get on there. And just, you know, talk shit about the pack and the Big Ten, <laughs> like I always do. Um, and he was like, we don't really have one. We just have, like, football podcasts. And I was like, man, that's a shame. Cause yeah, I'm not, that is I'm, a shame. I'm not much of an NFL guy. You know, I, I watch NFL. Um, I'll play fantasy here and there, whatever, like everybody else. But, you know, you're located in the South now. Like, in the South, we just care more about college football than NFL. Yeah, it's very apparent to me at this point. Yeah, yeah. Even our smaller schools, we care more about than our NFL teams. 
So, yeah, I'm looking for an outlet to talk college football with somebody. So maybe we might have to de- dedicate an episode of my show or something to college football. <laughs> yeah, we'll have um, to open those doors somehow. Exactly, exactly. So, let's start it out. Why – I need to convert you to become a NASCAR fan. How am I going to do this? What's standing in the way of you watching NASCAR? I think for a while it was the – I never really had a grasp of the season. And I there's – and maybe you can educate me a little bit on this, but there's – within NASCAR, there's a lot of divisions, right? There's like there's like truck racing or yes. – I don't, okay. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's like different leagues. So there's the Cup Series which is what you watch on Sundays. That's that's like it, okay. it's kind of like almost like baseball in a way. Uh, well, hockey has minor leagues. It's kind of like that, you know. So there's the Cup Series on Sundays and that is the Premier Series. That's, you know, when it comes to stock car racing, that's the top level. I mean, really when it comes to any kind of auto racing, that's, you know, comparable to F1 or Indy. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Xfinity Series, which is on Saturdays usually. Uh, and those are the guys that are racing similar cars, slightly different. Uh, the, to you, they would look the exact same, but they are slightly different. They're not quite as fast. Okay. And they're the up-and-comers. So that's almost like the AAA if we're talking baseball. Okay, so drivers aren't crisscrossing between these uh, in some, the same season. Some of them do, but oh. not full-time in both. Okay. You see what I'm saying? So sure. you can go up and down kind of like baseball. Right? Okay. Okay. You can get pulled up and then get sent back down, and then pulled up again and sent back down. But you know the the top drivers. So, you know the the top drivers for the Xfinity series, they'll get pulled up a couple races just to see how they're performing. Because essentially, what they want to do is make it to the Cup series. Okay. That's their intention. And then on Fridays, you have the Truck series. And that's lower than the Xfinity. And I'm sure some NASCAR fans would argue, like, oh, well, they're harder to drive, yada, yada, yada. But, yeah, the trucks are technically beneath the Xfinity. So our our majority of drivers going through that process of truck, then Xfinity, and then Cup Series? Yes. Or is it? Okay. That's usually how it works. Uh, And when you're in trucks and Xfinity, you can, you know, go up and down quite frequently. Whereas Cup Series, uh, you know, the full-time drivers are usually kind of stationary there because it all comes down to, like, sponsorships and what guy can bring in sponsorship money, unfortunately. Um, So that is kind of, you know, a bit of contention there for NASCAR fans because the, the whole thing now, and I went into this in my last episode, was how it's more important now about drivers that can bring in sponsorship dollars rather than just the best driver available. Okay. So it is a little unfortunate, um, but that's kind of how it works. And there's a lot of other series, even outside of that. Um, you know, there's K&N, which is a popular series for younger drivers that haven't quite gone into trucks. And okay. then there's also ARCA, which is what I've been interviewing a lot of drivers from. And, yeah, so there's a lot of series. And then even before that, you're doing, like, late model dirt tracks, stuff like that. So there's a lot to comprehend. So when you talk about drivers going um, up and down, whether it's truck to Xfinity or Xfinity to Cup, um, is that is that like a, a team manager decision? Who decides when you go up and down? Yeah, yeah, so that's going to be the teams. Um Usually it, it can change a little bit, but you know, let's say here's a good here's a good uh, way to look at it, right? Okay, so my favorite team is RCR Richard Childress okay. Racing. They have Austin Dillon in the number three full time, and Daniel Daniel Hemrick, who's a rookie this year, in the number eight car full time. Okay. And those are the only two cars that they ride. They drive full time. They also have a couple other cars, uh, in particular the 31 and the 29, but mostly the 31. And they have a driver named Tyler Reddick, who is in the Xfinity series full-time. And he's a very good Xfinity driver. He's always competing for the championship there. Uh, He's become very popular lately. Okay. And so now there's talks of 
You know, it's his time to come up to the Cup Series. And what are they going to do? How are they going to get him into a Cup car full-time? Um, there's there's rumors of maybe he'll... Maybe RCR will add a third full-time ride, like the 31, instead of just a part-time uh, car. Uh, or he might have to go to a completely different team. If another team has an opening, he would be one of the top drivers that they would look to to fill that spot. Okay, and so... And you're a rookie in that series. Okay, okay. So that brings me to my next point on, on uh, what kind of hindered me from racing. And I guess I got a couple points or a couple questions to ask within it, but it's the... I mean, you've mentioned teams quite a bit. Um, it, As far as watching a race, I feel like it, it was tough for me to figure out who was on whose team. Is that something that comes with like just doing your homework? Or, or how do you... Because cars are just littered with advertisements. Yes. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, that's the whole name of the game in NASCAR is just ad revenue. But, um, yeah, teams honestly don't matter much uh, okay. because the drivers will be competing against each other. There's, you know, some slight things like, you know, so it really comes down to, like, there's a team owner, right? Uh-huh. Um, like, there's Hendrick, there's Joe Gibbs Racing, you know, those are some of the bigger ones. And there's a team owner, and he'll own a certain amount of numbers or charters as we call them. Okay. And you know, uh, some of these teams like the, the top level teams will have like four, three or four charters that they're running full time or numbers. Nice. That was my next question. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So they'll run, you know, usually three or four for the top premier teams full time. And those are the guys that, you know, you'll recognize their names. They're the top drivers because they're driving for the top teams and the top number, so they're getting the top, you know, dollar for ads. So, I don't. Do you know any like NASCAR drivers' names or? Uh, not not. I mean, I know like, just like, you know, the mainstream like Keselowski. Yep. Um. Okay, so so you know Brad Keselowski. Uh-huh. Um. Do you know Joey Logano? Yep. Har- Harvick. Har- there's a Harvick, right? Yeah, Kevin Harvick. Yep. Okay, so like, for instance, Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski are teammates. Okay. Right? But, you know, if it comes down to one or, you know, one or the other getting the win, they're going to race each other just as hard because, you know, they're teammates, yeah, but it's an individual sport, you know? So okay. they want to get the win. Now, the difference is they're not going to race each other quite as hard. Because um, the owner who spent all the, his money to get them that car <laughs> will be pissed and <laughs> wreck one of their other teammates' cars. Yeah, okay. Not to mention you're working with that teammate. So it's going to be a little awkward if you sure. kind of you know wreck them or something. So they're going to drive harder against guys on other teams because they don't really care about okay. that. So, yeah, it's... I don't know. Another good way to look at it is like wrestling. Uh, I doubt you wrestled in high school, but um, no, I didn't. My roommate wrestled though, so I know I know a little bit about wrestling. Okay, so like I wrestled in high school, and okay. it's an individual sport, but you have team tournaments, right? So, yep. Yep. Okay. Like you know, I want my team to do well, so we so we'll gain points and we look better. But at the end of the day, I could care less what my team does as long as I'm winning. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, so yeah, a, I, it's an individual sport with teams. Yeah, I guess I would closely relate it to swimming in the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, I don't know much about swimming, so it's hard I, <laughs> for me to, like, talk about that because I know nothing about swimming. But, yeah, it's it's one of those individual sports where you're technically part of a team. So you want your team to do well. And then beyond that, it gets very complicated when we talk about the manufacturers because there's Chevy, Ford, and Toyota. And, you know, uh, Hendrick is a team. They have, you probably know Jimmy Johnson. You might have heard of, like, Chase Elliott. Uh, They're one of the bigger teams. And they drive Chevys. Well, RCR, the team I like, um, they also drive Chevys. So they're not teammates, and they'll race each other hard. But it looks better if Chevys are winning. In what in what way? How does that factor into? So you you want your manufacturer to be the one winning, 
because the manufacturers are supporting your team. So, so is there is there a payoff if your manufacturer is winning? Or, or what's the what's question. I guess if, if Chevys are winning, what what do drivers who are driving Chevys have to gain from that? So other than confidence of driving a Chevy, I guess. Right. I guess that's it cuz I don't think there's much payoff, but yeah, just the fact that Chevy's happy that they're winning and that means they're they'll probably put more money into perfecting the Chevys and you have a better chance of winning if you're in a Chevy, which is ironic cuz right now the you know, the past couple of years Chevy hasn't been doing well. <laughs> but um yeah, so it's like a, even more like you really don't care if it's a like if Austin Dillon and Chase Elliott are driving against each other for the win, they'll race each other just as hard. Like, they could care less. But it's kind of a win-win for the Chevy teams because they're like, well, look how good Chevy did this weekend. Yeah. You know, they had two guys racing for the win there. Yeah, so I could see that if if, if you're, like, I mean, especially the statement you just said, Chevys haven't been winning lately. I'm, the first thing that pops into my mind is I don't want to drive a Chevy. Exactly. Yeah, and the only reason that those manufacturers are there to begin with is – to sell more cars. Yeah, right. right. So if Chevy's aren't winning, Chevy's not happy. <laughs> um, okay, so I got a third one, and this one might be a little bit tougher for you. I don't, I don't know, Oof. but it's the the whole strategy, because um, I'm assuming that there is a strategy that goes into it, but it, it was it's so hard for me to see beyond the racing and laps and whoever's in first at the last lap wins. There's got to be some strategy behind it, and I have no idea what it is or how to even start to grasp it. The strategy of what? Frank? Of just winning a race, of, of looking at I, I, how many laps they got ahead of them. I don't know. It's probably in the 200, 300 range. Um, right. And saying, how how am I the, you know, the front car at the last lap? And what lap 140, whatever has to do with that at the end because you see i mean i see cars that are like i'll flip on a race and i'll see a car that's in like mm, 28th place or something like that and okay. versus the car in third place how, what's what's the difference is it speed of car is it driver skill is it pit crew yeah. strategy yeah it's a literally a combination of all of those things and unfortunately a lot of it now has to do with money like i was talking about earlier um just being able to afford the better equipment um that's mostly it is what car you're driving because certain cars are faster than others just because they put more money into it and they perfected it uh also obviously it has a lot to do with the driver because you know there can be a driver that performs really well in equipment that's not as good as a as another car but he's a better driver and yes also the pit crew has a lot to do with it as well but okay. when it come in terms of like strategy of how you're winning, that changes depending on the track a lot of times. Okay. Because I guess what a lot of people don't understand is there's a a lot of variation in the tracks in NASCAR. Everyone's just like, oh, it's just a circle, and they're turning left all the time. Well, you know, we have super speedways. We have two of those, Daytona and Talladega, and all that means is it's over two miles long per lap. Um, and so that one has a totally different strategy from the intermediate tracks, which, um, are, you know, a mile and a half long. Usually that's like Texas and some of the other ones, totally different strategy. And then we have, you know, short tracks, which are like under a mile and those are really tight and really, you can't get up to high speeds because it's under a mile per lap, but oh, okay. you're being really aggressive. You're really bumping into each other. <coughs> so it all depends on the track. And then also we have road courses. Um, so we do – NASCAR does turn right, although people are unaware of it for some reason. Uh, NASCAR does occasionally turn right. Um, so, yeah, when it comes to strategy, it's all about – what track you're on, so how you're going to ride what line. You know, if you're going to take the high line on the turns or the low line, depending on what you like and what your car is set up for. And also, fuel has a lot to do with it. Like when you're going to pit to refuel. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? I, yeah, that, that was the biggest thing that I thought was a strategy was, you know, because you – 
if I turn on a race, I see some people refueling on a lap and some not. Right. Yeah, that's a big part of the strategy. That's like the main thing when it comes to strategy is fuel strategy. It's knowing how far you're going to make it. Because if you're low on fuel, you can complete the laps, but you're not going to be able to go as hard. Right? Because okay. if you're taking the turns harder and you know, sure. you're accelerating, it's going to take up more fuel. So, you know, let's say like you're like, well, we got to make it 10 more laps because we know these guys are probably going to pit on this lap and we want to pit with them. But we're low on fuel, so you can't really go hard these next 10 laps. You're just going to kind of have to cruise a little bit. Uh, whereas you're like, okay. hey, they're low on fuel and they're not going to be pitting for a while. Uh, and we're good on fuel. You should go real hard and get past them while we have okay. the opportunity. Can uh, how, how secret is it? Because I I know that pits are like right. Next, you see cars pulling into each other right next to each other in the pit stop. Are can like pit crews hear each other, or is it like? Yeah, that's what they just... try to do. They try to like uh, they try to like find out when the other team is gonna pit and mm-hmm. base off that. And occasionally there ha- there's been instances of like uh, pit crews like trying to trick other ones. Yeah, I like, imagine. Oh, we think this guy's gonna pit on this lap, so let's base our strategy <laughs> off that. But then they'll even like kind of go take the low lane to even look like they're gonna pit, but then just like keep going and just like fuck everybody up. I love that. Um, yeah, so it, it's a lot of that where that's when it gets exciting when it's towards the end of the race, and it depends on the track. Different tracks take different fuel strategy, but certain tracks are really exciting because you're like, okay, there's only you know so many more laps left. And everyone eventually is going to have to pit. When are they going to pit? You know, like, uh, and that's a big part of it. Okay. That, that's, uh, yeah, the whole pitting thing I knew was a, I knew was a strategy, but I never understood it. But, and I like <laughs> the fact that pit, I feel like if I, it, once I get into racing, I'm going to, I'm going to latch onto the pit crews that are trying to fuck everybody oh, else. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's the thing too is, you know, everybody just thinks, oh, I'm new to NASCAR, I should just watch Daytona or something like that. And Daytona and Talladega are so much fun. But, uh, and and they're, they're entertaining because, you know, they're going really fast and there's probably going to be a lot of wrecks and stuff like that's fun to watch for sure. The main thing that's fun about those, though, is actually attending the race because those are like the party tracks. <laughs> so that's like where you fall in love with NASCAR is when you go to one of those races. But in all honesty, you know, any most NASCAR fans will agree the most entertaining races are like uh, tracks like Bristol, you know, tracks that are like less than a mile long, like the short tracks. They're really entertaining. And just because those guys are bumping into each other, you know, they're really they're really aggressive because they're not going as fast, so it's not as dangerous, you know. Yeah. When you're going, you know, top speeds at super speedways they don't want to have any kind of contact because they can wreck in bristol they'll be pushing each other out of the way no problem and not feel bad about it at all uh and those usually come down to the last couple laps and fuel strategy how aggressive is this guy gonna be coming into the last lap like those are really entertaining um yeah it's just i i feel like when people that don't watch NASCAR turn it on, they're like, well, I don't really know what's going on. I just see these cars doing circles. Like, uh-huh. that's not entertaining. And it's not entertaining until you realize that there's strategy behind everything they're doing. Right. And you can start noticing the strategy, you know. So, with the strategy, I, there's obviously a level of etiquette because I've seen these drivers getting out of the car fighting each other. Oh, yeah. What, uh, what, what is the... Because there's been, you just mentioned cars are bumping each other, and I'm assuming if they go into a track like Bristol, like you mentioned, that they know that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. At what point does it cross the line? Like, when, when, it, why are these fights breaking out? So, to put it in the most simple terms, is it crosses the line because every driver is willing to do it to another driver, but doesn't want it done to them, <laughs> and they're all babies. That's essentially the best way I can put it. I think they're all bitches when it comes to this because they're like, oh, he was just no reason he should have, you know, turned me and coming into turn three, it was way too aggressive. But then next week you'll see them do the same thing to somebody else. So you're like, shut up. Like, I don't have sympathy for any of them. But 
like a good rule of thumb is just like, um, you know, was that aggression necessary? First, was it intended? Like, did they mean to do it or did they just get loose themselves? Stuff like that. Um, cause they always try to blame the other person no matter what happened. But yeah, was it intentional? Usually it's not intentional. Uh, usually, you know, one of two things. It's like they got loose themselves, uh, and just lost control of their car for a second and they, they couldn't help it. Usually in those situations, one will apologize or he'll just say like, well, that's racing, deal with it. Sorry. Like, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or, um, two... It's not like they intentionally were trying to take them out, but at the same time, they were like, well, I'm not going to change my lane. You know, I got this line down low, and they were in my way, and I'm not going to, you know, change what I'm doing just so they don't wreck. Right. Um, And then three is there's actually intentional contact where they really did go out of their way just to to wreck them. And in in those situations, NASCAR will penalize the person because you're not supposed to intentionally uh, wreck somebody. But that's that's kind of hard to prove, you know. Right. Only certain yeah. drivers have been caught doing that, like Kyle Busch or Tony Stewart back in the day used to do that <laughs> kind of stuff. Dale Earnhardt used to do it. Um, most of the time, it's the... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The stubbornness of like, I'm not gonna. I got this line. I'm not moving. They they came down into my line. The other drivers like I was just driving, and you know they didn't lay off when they should have, knowing that we're both gonna wreck. That's like usually, he said, she said kind of thing. Yeah, that's usually what happens. And um, yeah, I would say that's that's most of the time what happens. And then the biggest thing is just was the contact necessary? Was it early in the race? If it was early in the race, probably not necessary. You probably could have laid off a little bit and let him get the pass or something like that. If it's late in the race and it's Bristol, you know, whatever happens, happens. Like, uh, you know, a good example, I'm trying to think exactly what happened. But, oh, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. So, uh, let's see, Daytona. Last year, um, the Daytona 500... Uh, Austin Dillon won, <laughs> who happens to be my favorite driver. But um, who was he racing against? Man, I'm trying to think. Oh, man, who was it? It wasn't Daniel Suarez, was it? Anyway, there was another driver that was um, winning the race. He was in the lead, and Austin was in second. And it's the last lap of the Daytona 500, which you know is people will title like the Super Bowl of NASCAR, stuff like that. Okay. Um, it's the first race of the season. There's a lot of hype behind it. A lot of money uh, gets the most viewership just because it's the first race of the season. So everybody's really excited. So you, if you get the opportunity to win that race, you're going to do what you got to do to win it. That's uh-huh. a big deal. You know, winning the Daytona 500 is like something, you know, you put on your resume. Like, right. You know, Daytona 500 winner. So he's in second. They're coming into the um, the last. They're on the last lap, coming around like the last turn, I believe, or maybe it was turn three. And the guy in lead in the lead comes down uh, to to make a late block, right? And Austin mm-hmm. Dillon doesn't change his line at all. So when he's coming down to make that late block, Austin's not moving. So he hit. He inevitably hits the back of that the lead car. Um, you know, on the backside and turns him on the very last lap before they're about to cross the finish line. So Austin Dillon wins. And the NASCAR world was a little bit split on this because a lot of people were like, you know, um, he shouldn't have spun him. You know, that was unnecessary. He didn't have to hit him. Whereas Austin was like, look, I'm not changing my line. If he's going to come down for a late block, I'm not moving. This is the last lap of the Daytona 500. Right, yeah. So, um... It's hard to fold him for that. Right. Really what it comes down to is, 
NASCAR more than anything else, probably next to like professional wrestling, um, people hate or love a driver, and that's usually how they determine if they think something was fair. Ah, uh, okay. Like Kyle Busch, everybody hates Kyle Busch. <laughs> you know, he's the most hated driver, but he's also probably the most popular. He's got a huge fan base, but anybody else that's not his fan hates him. So when he does something, that's how it's judged. It's just yeah. like, do you like Kyle Busch, yes or no? And that's how you're going to react to this. Okay. Yeah, it's, okay. it's more of just like, it's a lot like professional wrestling in the sense that these guys are like characters and you follow them and they have different personalities and they dress different. And, you know, you like guys for certain reasons and don't like guys for other reasons. Okay. Yeah. So... Uh, my last thing that I have, because I'm really trying to get into racing, and I talked to you a little bit about this off the air, uh, um, but a big comparison or similarity that I found between hockey and racing is that, uh, at least for the casual fan, um, if a superstar hockey player and or racer bursts onto the scene, you don't really see their, their come up. Um, I mean, you talked a little bit about Chuck to Xfinity to Cup, and with hockey, it's like a lot of guys – more are going the college route nowadays, but even then college hockey is not watched and they go to juniors and, or maybe they go to a Canadian league for a year and then they burst onto the scene in the NHL. So for racing, if I want to find a young diamond in the rough, so to speak, is where, where am I, wa- am I watching the truck series or is there a series before that? Where do I go to find uh, up and comer? I mean, yeah, trucks, Xfinity, like right now, really you can just, pick one of the young guys in the cup series even because there's so many drivers you know yeah Uh, and you know you can just pick a young guy in the series unfortunately nowadays it's all about who you're driving for because there could be and i talked about this in my last episode there can be a great promising young driver but if he's driving for a shit team he's never gonna do anything okay so it's really unfortunate right now it's like a time where there are these good young drivers coming up but they're getting put into equipment that's like shit. And sure. the older guys um, are, you know, have the best equipment. And okay. I'm not saying that they're not the best. You know, they are. They're clearly the proven mm-hmm. vets. But, yeah, it's hard because you could, you know, you could be uh, like I'll, I'll go back to Tyler Reddick, who's just a beast right now in the Xfinity. You could be a huge Tyler Reddick fan and be like, man, I can't wait till he hits the Cup Series. I'm going to, you know, go all out with whatever number he gets into. Let's say he's driving the 31. I'm buying mm-hmm. 31 gear. You know, yep. that's my driver now. Um, that's great. But if 31, if the car sucks and the team sucks, like, have fun. Like, <laughs> suck cheering for him because he's never going to get a win. So that's pretty tough right now. Um, yeah, it's kind of tough right now to, like, pick a new young up-and-comer. Um like, a good, safe bet, if you're interested in, like, picking a driver, um, you know, really, if you're interested in a young driver, I would say the, the safest bets for young drivers right now would be Chase Elliott, number nine. Um, that's the safest pick, because he's probably the best young driver right now. Okay. He's proven himself. He's a great young driver. Um, but part of the thing with picking your driver is it's not all performance based a lot of it is what personality you like and that's what i was saying it's kind of like wrestling you can't just pick a driver based on driving i mean honestly you got to like listen to their interviews and stuff like that and like okay be like i like this guy's persona like i really like ryan blaney he's another young driver who's really good uh he's on a good team driving a good car and he's promising um and I like his personality. You know, he'll grow out like a handlebar mustache and rock a mullet. You know? <laughs> like he's he's a cool guy. His dad was a NASCAR driver, um, just a very cool dude. But um, you know, you might not have any kind of affiliation. I like Chevys, and he drives a Ford, so I can't ever be like full Ryan Blaney because he's in a Ford. Okay. But if you don't have any kind of affiliation like that, you know, I would say look at their personalities, but. Yeah, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney are good ones. Alex Bowman's another good young driver. You know, those are good young drivers to root for. Okay, is 
is racing a thing that you have to like you have to get into at a young age in order to reach an elite status or are guys bursting out of the scene at a later age and still you know producing nowadays it's you got to start when you're young okay well like, i figured dale earnhardt you know that era back in the day those guys would work jobs and then race on the weekends oh okay you know they were like coal miners and farmers and stuff sure. like so yeah it was a little bit different then uh, they would come into the sport in like their you know twenties and thirties just because they would race their local tracks and they're really good and you know whatever. Nowadays, yeah, yeah it's yeah, I mean you got to start before you can get your driver's license. These kids are starting at like you know thirteen, twelve years old, uh, and that's it, it. All started with um, Jeff Gordon. He was the first like young prodigy that did it when he was a kid and grew up oh. doing it, and that's why. If you want to get into NASCAR too, one thing I'd recommend is watching that this documentary called Unrivaled. Um, it was kind of like it was put on by Fox Sports, and it was like their version of like a thirty for thirty. Okay. And it's, it talks about the rivalry of Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon, and it is incredible. It's so good. It's one of the best sports rivalries of all time, honestly. Like those two had a great rivalry. I'd watch that. That's yeah. a good understanding of the NASCAR community and culture. Yeah, definitely. I wrote that down. I'll, I'll definitely watch that. Okay, good. All right, so before we go, because I know you can't save for too much longer, I'm going to be coming on your podcast at some point. Yep, soon. Puck Puck Pass. Everybody go follow it on Twitter. Um, convince me to be a hockey fan. Here, Okay, here's my thing. Okay. Let me start out. I've gone to, you know, multiple hockey games. Do you call them games or matches? I don't fucking know. Games. Yeah, they're games. Okay, hockey games. Um, and it's fun. The atmosphere's fun. The people that like hockey are fun. You know, I feel like hockey players and NASCAR fans could get along because everybody's kind of white trash. <laughs> and, you know, can rock a mullet and yep. wear denim. Great. My thing is, the thing it's too fast-paced. I can't. I can't keep up. I don't know where the puck is half the time. Yeah, so that's that's definitely the biggest thing on why hockey is the least popular of the four major sports, as I say. Uh, it's it's extremely difficult for because it's not like football, you know, where you, you right. play, take play ten seconds and then you take forty seconds to analyze it. Um, it's very just yeah. It's you, I, I resonate with you on following the puck because that's that's definitely the toughest thing for someone to do. Um, it's like basketball on steroids. Yeah, yeah. Um, once you can follow the puck, it's really it, it can be dumbed down to there's two rules. It's offsides and icing, and due to time, I, I won't go into what those mean. But everything else is pretty much a penalty. Um, those are the only things that are going to stop the play other than the puck going out of bounds. And but, half the penalties I don't even understand. Yeah. So it's really just understanding, uh, you know. It's it's all positional based and it takes a little bit to get used to it and you kind of gotta you you can't just like watch a game every you know month and get it you kind of gotta watch sit down and if you watch I mean it doesn't take long I don't it if you sit down and watch a game every day for two weeks you'll probably get the hang of it um, and I think you're right I think NASCAR fans and hockey fans could get along I when's the uh, I had this question when's the NASCAR season when does it start and when does it end. Because it's what? mostly in the summer, it's right? February it starts. Yeah. Okay. That's um, what I thought. Let me get the exact dates before I, I say something stupid. <laughs> um, that's the truck series. Let's get to the monster. But but my main point there while you're looking yeah, at February tenth was, was yeah. the Daytona five hundred this year, and then the end of the season. Wow, they um, played that that early. Yeah, and the well, it's a, insane. There's only like three months off. And then the end of the season, which is in Miami, is November. God, that's an insane season. Yeah, I mean, it's like every weekend. That's the great thing about NASCAR. You have something to watch. Whenever somebody's like, man, this is a terrible weekend for sports, I'm like, there's NASCAR. And they're like, nah. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, man. Yeah, so that's, I mean, hockey runs October to April. So, I mean, there's a little bit of carryover between the sports, but I feel like for the most part. Yeah, it's NASCAR. You know, there's going to be carryover for every sport. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, we... we Touching everything, but uh, and that's the main reason I wanted to get into it is because the heart of the uh, NASCAR schedule, I feel like, is in the off season of 
Uh, other than the, you know, the what's the championship in racing? It's like the cup, the cup series, or or what's the? So it, it's all based on points, right? Yeah. So they there's a playoff, and it's rounds of playoffs. Oh, okay. So it starts with sixteen, and then goes down to man, my NASCAR fans are gonna be pissed that I'm fucking this up. But it it starts with sixteen, and then goes down, cuts in half, down to eight. And then is it so? So is it really? There's only right like after that? there's only like eight cars on the track. Is that no, no? They're all still driving, but it's just like you know the ones that oh, okay, are in okay. the playoffs in contention. Okay. And at that point, it's all points. So even if they don't win, as long as they're getting more points than the next guy, so it's down to yeah, it's down to points. And then like the round of four, you know, that's like the championship. That's what they call the round of four. And then it's when it's the last four drivers on the last race. Um, and whoever wins that or gets the most points out of those four guys wins the championship. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I knew there was like a, a point slash standings type thing to it. I, I never knew how it finished out, though. Yeah, the playoffs... Wait, aren't they... They're about to start. It's not It's not in Darlington. I, I think next year it starts in Darlington. Now, where's, where's Darlington? South Carolina. That's the race I'm about to go to. Yeah, oh. oh, it is this weekend. That's why there was the off. Yeah, okay, so this is the beginning of the playoffs. Oh, okay. Where, where do I, where can I find, is, it, is there like a special network that NASCAR is usually carried on, or? Um, right now, it is, what is it, the, um, what is it, CBS, CBSSB, or whatever, um. Shit, what's that? What's that network called? It's like um, a, it's not like CBS Sports, is it? Yeah, that's what it is, right? CBS. Okay. Yeah, or, I, don't, no, I don't know what it's like. Or, or NBC Sports, so it's like NBC. Oh yeah, NBC SN. Yeah, yeah. SN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's, I did... that's where hockey is carried on in the playoffs. Okay, because the NASCAR season split in half. The first half is Fox Sports, and the second half is the NBC Sports. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it's split in half, and but now we're on to the NBC. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I'm convinced. I want to get into it. I, I'm going to look into this. Uh, you said you're going to be at the race, right? Yeah, yeah. This weekend, I'm going to be in Darlington, and I have full access. Um, hold on. Let me pull up my schedule for the race. I even got a little... You have, like, media access? Um, oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I got a whole schedule for Darlington. Um, uh, I'm doing a tour of the number three hauler, which I've already done the tour for. And then I'm doing – I'm getting to hang out with Austin Dillon in the hauler. That's And awesome. then they're taking me over to the driver's pre-race meeting. Um at four o'clock and that's only for the drivers and i think very limited media so i'm like one of the few people that's going to have access to the driver's meeting and then i'm going to do a photo shoot with austin Dillon and the number three car and then i'm going to get to watch the race from my understanding i'm gonna at least get to watch some of it up next to his like crew chief and like Richard Childress up in the top. No, nice. Have you done that before? No, no. That's wow. Yeah, I don't know how many people have done that. I mean, that's a pretty <laughs> that's a pretty uh, significant thing to get to do. So I'm gonna have crazy access to this race. It's gonna be, I don't know. It's gonna be overwhelming. I'm gonna try yeah. to keep up and try to plan out questions <laughs> and what I'm gonna be doing, but I don't know. I think I'm gonna be a little overwhelmed. It sounds like a blast though. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. And my whole thing is I'd like to get into hockey, but I need a team to root for. And I am really big on – I don't like to root for teams that I'm not from the area of. Okay. Uh, that's just one of my pet peeves of when people do that. You know, people at my work will have, like, jerseys of, like, random cities. And I'm like, oh, cool, <laughs> you know, you're a, you're a Falcons fan? Like, cool, you're from Atlanta? Oh, no, I'm from Maryland. I'm like, well, what the fuck are you doing? And and then I'll see them the next day with, like, a Mariners jersey. And I'm like, what yeah. the? And they're like, yeah, no, I'm also a Seattle fan. Like, I, I hate that. That's, like, one of my biggest pet peeves of anything when it comes to sports. 
that drives me insane. So I'm not just going to cheer for any hockey team. Like, I'm very particular. Uh, and I'll never cheer for Dallas because I'll never cheer for anything Dallas. Because... Oh, that's, that's that's the thing. I put my Dallas Stars hat on for this this podcast. Oh, I, I hate you. Dallas. No. Okay. No, okay. I made a mistake. I hate yeah, anything my first, Dallas. Yeah, my next suggestion is going to be that they got the Winter Classic in Dallas. It's Dallas and Nashville this year. Down in, uh, I'm gonna try. I'm, I took that week off. I'm gonna try and make it down there for that. Well, let me know. Maybe I'll go watch and cheer for Nashville. Um, <laughs> just because I hate Dallas. Uh, anytime Dallas plays anybody, and I'll meet people from Dallas, and they're like, you know what? I, I like the Texans or the Rockets. Like when they're playing somebody else, I'm like, really? I cheer for anyone playing Dallas. Um, Is that like an Austin versus Dallas type thing, or? Well, it's like a Texas versus Dallas thing. <laughs> Everybody hates Dallas because they're cocky and they okay. think they're fucking the shit. But especially Houston, because Houston teams always kind of get overshadowed by Dallas for some reason. Houston's the bigger city. We're better at everything. Anyway. Um, yeah, I relate to that because Nat- Nat- Memphis gets overshadowed by Nashville oh, quite a bit. Oh, big time. Yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Oilers were, when they left Houston, which was fucked up, they were in Memphis for like a season before they went to Nashville. So, Yeah. Yeah, I, I hate anything Dallas. I'm not going to cheer for the Stars ever. Um, and, like, I was born in North Carolina, and I have family, a lot of family in Raleigh. So I went to a, a Hurricanes game last year, had a lot of fun. Um, so if I was going to cheer for any team, it would be the Canes. But, like, I just don't care enough to get into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the Canes aren't good, so it's tough. Well, they were good last year. Yeah, yeah, they made a run last year. I was actually thinking about moving to Raleigh, so I'm, I, I, uh, it's, it's a really fun city. Yeah, yeah, I really like Raleigh. I, I would definitely consider moving uh, to Raleigh. Like I said, I have a most of my. I was born in Raleigh, so. Oh really? Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, most of my family's from there. Um, yeah, yeah, that's like almost all of all my grandparents live there. Almost all of my aunts and uncles live there. Yeah, that's like where my family's from. Okay. So I like the Canes, but until Houston gets a hockey team, that's what it's gonna take for me to really get fully into it. I wish they would. If Houston got like the Coyotes, um, you might be onto something there. We might have to pitch that. Oh, dude, I've written articles about this. I'm a big <laughs> yeah, I'm a big believer in this. I don't keep up much with hockey, but I keep up with you know Arizona relocating to Houston. Because <laughs> we got a new owner of the Rockets, he wants the NHL there. He's been in talks with the NHL. Okay. Um, there's like the, a whole thing of like how Houston's the next city to get a team. Because now that Seattle's getting one, they're saying like Houston's next in line. Because Seattle has been waiting. Yeah. You know. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Ottawa moves down there. They're trying. I think they're that's trying what to they're sell saying that. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, you know what would be the coolest though is Edmonton. Mm. because well, then Houston would have the Oilers. Yeah, oh, you're right. Dude, you're right. That would be insane. You know how much shit the, the city would lose their shit. They would be like, we have the Oilers like selling out every single game. Yeah, there would be so much throwback merchandise that people oh are throwing my God, on. Yes, it would be so much throwback. It would be insane. Yeah, yeah, so if Houston can get a team, I'll get fully invested in hockey. Okay. That's I'm, what I'm, it's going to take for me. I'm sold on... Uh, uh, NASCAR at this point. I, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch this this race. I, you said you're gonna be in the. I don't know if you'll be on TV, but but uh, maybe uh, if Austin yeah, does well it, and I'm it sounds next like to you might. Yeah. Chief, I could be on TV. Um, I'm trying I'm trying to rock my mullet. I got my mustache because it's the throwback race. That's the best part about Darlington is all the drivers are uh, have the throwback paint schemes. Okay. And okay. So a lot of the people will wear like throwback stuff from like the 80s and 90s and stuff. So. Wow, there's just so much about this race to get excited about. That's what I'm saying. It's it's one of the best races of the year. I'm excited. So watch the race. Maybe you'll see me on TV. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to be coming on Puck Puck Pass soon. By the way, you're about to be recording that episode. Where can people find that? Uh, yeah, so we're on uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and as always, Belly of Sports uh, web page you can find us there so yes uh how do people find you on twitter twitter's gonna be at puck puck pass pod instagram is gonna be just puck puck pass okay so. okay um and if anybody uh follows puck puck pass on twitter 
Yep. And follows Chair Gaten on Twitter. And they DM me. I will personally buy them either a hockey or racing shirt. I'll go half and half on that with you. Okay. And then we'll see who, who we get more of. Okay. Racing or hockey. And that's how we'll determine <laughs> who won this uh, podcast. Okay. And then uh, we'll have to get you on Puck Puck Pass to further convince you to watch some hockey. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, who's the commissioner of the NHL? The Gary Bettman. He's widely booed across the league, but that is the commissioner. See if you can get him on with me. And I'll convince him of why Houston needs a team. Okay, I'll get to so, work on that right away. Yeah, just make some, make some calls. I mean, it's yeah. hockey. I figured y'all are all tight with each other. So yeah, just... yeah. I got people. He's got people. We can make right, it work. Right, right. Okay, cool. All right, well, thanks for coming on. I'm glad to get another NASCAR fan. Everybody go check out Puck Puck Pass. I'm not a hockey fan, and I'm going to go listen to it. So if I, nice. you know, we got we to gotta convert ho- hockey and NASCAR. Yeah, we'll just we'll, we'll combine them. We'll start this movement right now. That's what I'm right saying. We've been, we've been pushed around for too long by baseball, basketball, <laughs> football. You know? Amen. Let's just combine it. We could do, like, hockey games in the middle of a race, a NASCAR race, in the infield. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Alright man. The next level. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Alright, later. See ya. Why do you have to hate what you don't understand? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.